When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move out. Before we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between. The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 70s and 80s. And you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now your hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast, episode 16 this week. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, given what's happening in Colorado, I can't oh. say I'm doing 100%. But Rough know. week, and that was right in Boulder, wasn't it? Yeah. Very, Boulder. very sad when it hits close to home like that. So obviously our our thoughts are with folks in Boulder. Yes, I'm happy to be here. With yeah, you. we're happy to have you here now. You guys won't see this, but I'm going to ask Jeff to hold something up that he just showed me. Show me that again. Is that handy? He got a new uh, toy. And this is the this is the exact type of thing that makes guitar players hate other guitar players. Look at that. He's holding up a beautiful Les Paul standard. Is that brand new? Yeah, this wow. is brand new. What do, what do they call that finish? This is uh, bourbon burst. Bourbon burst. Yeah. Guys, if you cannot see it, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the video. That is just a gorgeous guitar. And, and, and you know what? It came so it's all set up, ready to go. I mean, I, I don't think I have to do really anything to it. Well, let's be honest. You pay enough for those that they better they better play themselves when you get them, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> they better write some songs for oh, me. <laughs> totally. But that that's a gorgeous guitar. Thank you. And you too. How, how are you in, in Washington? I'm doing well here. I don't have a new, I don't have a new Les Paul, but yeah, things are well here. It's, it's been kind of rainy and stuff mm. here, but I'm looking forward to this episode today. This album I've, I've been picking the last few albums I've picked. This is one I picked. And the last few albums I picked are ones that have been just a big part of my life from the time I was pretty young, just listening to these albums. So of course we'll be talking about the Eagles hotel, California today. Uh, so I'm going to save some of my observations till we actually get into it, but, but this will be interesting. I've listened to it with new ears, right? I haven't actually sat down to listen front to back to this album for probably 20, 25, 30 years. So I have, I have some, some thoughts about this and I'll be interested interested to get to your thoughts too. I did want to thank, uh, we mentioned last week that we have a, a new sponsor uh, and, and we do, we heard their commercial last week. We'll hear it again this week. 
Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry here in Spokane. Uh, and I just say that as another plug to invite anyone, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, just shoot us an email at classicguitarrocketmail.com. And again, I don't, I don't want to be making this a sales spiel, but podcasts are a great platform right now to advertise on. The bang for your buck that marketers get on podcasts is really amazing. So this is a great opportunity. So feel free to reach out to us for that. Or if you have suggestions for, you know, show ideas or albums we should review or, or hate mail, any of that, send it out. Uh, we'd be, we'd be happy to hear that. And I always forget to plug the fact that we do have a YouTube channel. We're on Twitter or on Facebook. So just uh, find classic guitar rock and, and reach out to us. Be awesome. Okay. So when we come back, we are going to talk about perhaps the biggest album of the seventies and, and actually one of the top 10 biggest albums of all time. It's hotel California by the Eagles, all that when we come back. Attention, if you live in Spokane, Washington and have teeth, this message is for you. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry knows teeth. Incisors, bicuspids, canines, molars. No tooth is too big or too small. I was delighted and impressed. So impressed, I bought the company. With Braun and Jarvis, you'll have the sweetest grill in the inland northwest. And let's be honest, nobody wants a funky grill. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry. 509-464-2391. That's 509-464-2391. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry. Quality dentistry that doesn't suck. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast and a shout out to our musical director, Jeff, who created this awesome bumper that you're listening to. This is phenomenal. This is great. Thank you. It's awesome. And so that's, you know, that's why Jeff gets paid the big bucks on this show. I don't know if you guys are aware of the massive salary that Jeff is pulling down for this show. The reality is none of us have made any money, but that's okay. But uh, no, that is money anyway. What is money? That's right. That's right. Time. Time is money. Time is money. Speaking of money, speaking of time, wasted time, for instance, uh, one of the tracks on this album we'll talk about, we are unpacking Hotel California. And I have no idea we have not said a word to each other about this album. I have no idea what Jeff's thoughts are on this album. I think we have to talk about the Eagles a little bit. Have you seen the history of the Eagles came out a couple of years ago, Jeff, that like three hour documentary. I, I believe I did. I watched, I've, seen, I've seen a few. Uh, yeah, that's me. I've seen, uh, uh, I haven't watched that thing in its entirety. And I'll tell you one of the problems I had with it. You know, they always say there's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth, right? My problem with that movie is it seemed to have really paint Don Felder as a bad guy. 
And and I have to say, and, and this is something that I've I've watched a lot of interviews. I, I don't want to say I'm an expert, but uh, I've I've watched a lot of interviews and and really have kind of followed Don Felder. And I got to say, just so my biases are out there, I'm a Don Felder fan. I like Don Felder. And every interview I've seen when he's given an opportunity to badmouth Henley and Fry, he doesn't. You know, and you can tell whether it's it's with these if he's on with Stern or Artie Lang or or anyone who's interviewing him, they are trying to get him to badmouth Henley and Fry like they have badmouthed him, by the way. And he doesn't bite. I mean, I agree. To me, he seems like a really classy guy. And so I'm just going to say out of the gate, there's my bias. I tend to choose Felder's side. And the reason I don't want this to be a whole dramatic thing about the infighting in the band, but that's part of their history. And in fact, you look at how, how great a band they were. Hotel California was their fifth studio album. And my point is how many total studio albums did they have? They had this one and then they had the long run. And then they didn't have another studio album until like 2008 with that long road out of Eden. Did I miss any? So in their whole career, mm-hmm. they had what seven studio albums, and I I think much of that is because and Felder Felder put it this way: the Eagles were a band full of big talent and big egos, and that's exactly what it was, right? No one can question the talent of the Eagles, and and I would say. People might push back. People might argue, but but I I would say that the Eagles might be the best American band. Is that crazy to say? The best. The the best. I, I read a, I read a quote like one of the most talented best bands who are also the most hated. <laughs> totally right. I the bipolarness of this oh. whole thing has got me all messed up. I'm oh, not gonna, I I'm hear not gonna lie. And and when you see when you throw out the Eagles, yeah, you will hear people that just hate the Eagles. You know, when you when you see the posts about what's a what's a famous band that you hate? Oh, yeah. The Eagles get thrown out there a lot. And I have to say one of my favorite movies, top 10 of all time, The Big Lebowski, <laughs> the dude. Yeah. He's in the taxi, the cab guy turns on the Eagles. He's like, man, can you turn this off? I hate the <laughs> Eagles. I had a really bad day and yeah, I hate yeah, the I Eagles. Want... And yeah. he kicks him out of the cab. Exactly. And so that, that but, just tells you right there. It's totally it's, it's in the cult, the pop culture. That is the perfect example, right? You love them or you hate them. And let me give you, okay, this is why. And having said that, Don Henley has one of the most distinctive, coolest voices. He really does. But man, I hate that guy. <laughs> I do. I mean, here's, here's, here is, I'm just going to read you a quote from Don Henley. Okay. And this is why he's he's seen as such a pompous, arrogant jerk nozzle, right? Okay. So he's talking and, and this will talk about the album too. So this will kill two birds with one stone. So here's a quote. Uh, he's talking about the themes of the songs on the album, Hotel California. They're the same themes that run through all of our work, loss of innocence, the cost of naivete, 
the perils of fame, of excess, exploration of the dark underbelly of the American dream, idealism realized and idealism thwarted, illusion versus reality, the difficulties of balancing loving relationships and work, trying to square the conflicting relationship between business and art, the corruption in politics, the fading away of the 60s dream of peace, love, and understanding. This guy sounds like a blast at a party, doesn't he? But then it goes on. This is a concept album. There's no way to hide it, but it's not set in the old West. The cowboy thing, you know, it's more urban this time. It's our bicentennial year. It was 1976. It's our bicentennial year. You know, the country is 200 years old. So we figured since we are the Eagles and the Eagle is our national symbol that we were obliged to make some kind of a little bicentennial statement using California as a microcosm of the whole United States or the whole world, if you will, and try to wake people up and say, we've been okay so far for 200 years, but we're going to have to change if we're going to continue to be around. Okay, here's the perfect (laughs) example of an entertainer, of a musician that obviously thinks he's pretty dang important, right? And that's not to say, okay, music is powerful. Music is super powerful. And this album is powerful. The songs like Hotel California, the songs like Last Resort, they are powerful and they're very thought provoking. But at the same time, man, he just gives me the biggest rash in the world. He drives me crazy. And that's that whole dichotomy you talk about where on the one hand, they just drive you crazy. And then on the other hand, it's like, this is really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. But on my notes, I've got... I've got Felder, Joe Walsh equals heroes of the band. That is so funny you said that. Coming from a cla- coming from like a guitar player, classic rock, and also stylistically and right and 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 personality wise, mm-hmm. if those guys weren't in the band, they probably would just be a sort of sappy kind. Of, and they were talented, and they are talented, right. and we'll get into oh, it. But yeah. I think they would have been uh, would continue to be this sort of like poppy country rock kind of sappy. I- completely agree and in fact as i'm reading the quote i'm thinking thank goodness for walsh and felder otherwise because those guys they just wanted to rock okay that was their whole thing they were both phenomenal guitar players and they just wanted to rock and it's interesting when you talk about the whole drama okay bernie ledden now let's the history is really interesting Felder and Ledden knew each other before Ledden knew any of the other guys. So they were in the same high school in Florida. They played together. Uh, and then Ledden had found his way to California. Glenn Fry was, had headed to California from De- Detroit. Uh, Henley from Texas. Randy Meisner from Nebraska. So all these guys in the late 60s wound up in California. They, they, so Ledden, Fry, Henley, Meisner, they all had played with Linda Ronstadt. So they were the stone pony band. They were backing up Linda Ronstadt. And then that, that's how the Eagles happened. You know, they had played together. There was some chemistry there. They, they went to England, recorded their first album. And I think on that first album, they had like already gone and no, not already gone. Take it easy. Take it easy. Witchy woman. And witchy woman, okay, and those were huge, huge songs, and and that first album was very successful. 
And they were kind of this, and here's what's ironic is they were kind of referred to as a California band, California rock. Well, none of them were from California, right? But they were kind of called California rock. Mm-hmm. Um, great album. You get the second album somewhere in there between the second and third. They can Glenn Johns, who had been their producer. In the meantime, they had had the James Gang and sometimes Joe Walsh solo opening for them, or they'd been playing. Maybe they were opening for the James Gang. I don't know, but they had known Joe Walsh and they liked Joe Walsh's producer, Bill Simzik. So when they fired Johns, they bring in Simzik, I think right in the middle of On the Border, somewhere in there, there's a change. And then in, in there, Felder talks about how he and, you know, he and Bernie were good friends and they'd been in touch and he had met the other guys because he'd go visit them when they were nearby or whatever. And so they all knew each other and they had Felder come in and play on something on, on the border and they really liked him. And the next day Fry called him and asked him if he'd like to join. And so he became a member in between on the border and one of these nights. So Felder plays on one of these nights, Leaden left. And from what I hear, Leaden was not into the drama because even back then, you know, it was the, it was the Henley Fry show, right? They kind of were, were the ramrods and, you know, Leaden left Meisner stuck around through hotel California. He left, he got sick of it. Uh, and then, you know, down the road, they they canned Felder, and that's a whole nother story. But they bring Felder in. And can I just say Felder from Gainesville, Florida, right? Yes. Where Tom Petty. Yes. Apparently, apparently he was Tom Petty's first guitar teacher, which is, you know, who fun. knows how, how long that lasted. But exactly. It's a fun little tidbit of info. He, he taught Petty uh, guitar. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, Joe Walsh is my guy. You're a big Joe Walsh fan. I for many, for many reasons, but he also came to Caribou Ranch, which uh, the first album that was ever recorded there, Caribou Ranch was outside of Boulder mm-hmm. uh, in a little town called Netherland, wow. which my kids and I go and do snowboarding as we awesome. uh, currently, as we speak, we go there. And uh, Barnstorm mm-hmm. heard of the first album at this Caribou Ranch. So, you know. He's a Colorado guy as well. Yeah, that's great. Didn't he live in Colorado or have a place in Colorado or something? I'm pretty sure. I think he, yeah, yeah, I think he was living here while I was making the album. And one thing I didn't know, not that it matters, but just an interesting tidbit, both Joe Walsh and Don Henley had flings with Stevie Nicks. So there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. I got that on their resume too. So, okay. So (laughs) where were we going here? Oh, uh, Felder comes in. After one of these nights, which is a great album too, by the way, after one of these nights is done, Bernie Ledden leaves. Okay. And at that point they bring Joe Walsh in and Felder was thrilled because he and Walsh were friends and they'd been touring together, you know, not only just with the Eagles, but even Felder would get together with Walsh and they'd do jams and, and stuff. And so this was, so he was super stoked about Walsh coming in. Not Henley. Yeah, I don't. I the 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 thing is, from what I hear, is they wanted to become more of a rock band than a country band. And so, with with you got Felder in, and that brought some more rock elements for one of these nights. And then you bring Walsh in, and it's like 
the circle is now complete, right? You got Felder, you got Walsh, who are both just incredible. And so they're going to make this album. And I'm surprised Felder and Walsh at one point just said, you know what, we're going to just go on and do our own, do our own thing. And yeah. it would have been, you know, that, I mean, things happen for whatever reasons they happen. Right. But right. Why? Like, you know, but I wonder who wanted to be a rock band when you say that, because exactly. I don't think it was Henley. I, we'll talk about this album. Yeah. And some of the soft, sappy strings. Oh, and that's very, and that's all Henley, right? That's all. And, his, and here's, his. it's funny you say that because when I listen to it, I, I remember it just being much more of a rocking album. It really isn't. I mean, you got Hotel California, which is pretty rocking. You got Fast Lane and you got Victim of Love. Everything else is slow, sappy. I'm not saying bad. I mean, New Kid in Town is a great song, but it's definitely light adult contemporary fare. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to get some listeners that are like, what? What? You're doing the classic rock? Yeah. And And that's the bipolarness of it all. Totally. That's a perfect word for it. It's totally bipolar. Totally bipolar. I love the story of Hotel California, of how Felder sitting in his on the couch in his rental home on the beach in California just comes up with this little guitar part that we all know and love as Hotel California. And he runs into his daughter's room at the time because his his daughter, his one-year-old daughter slept in his little recording room. But when she wasn't sleeping, he was in there recording, right? So he runs in, grabs a little tape recorder, records the part so he won't forget it. And then later you know, sends it off to along like 16 songs. He had come up with like 16 songs that he sent off to Felder and Fry, you know, later for when they were going to get together. And as they're getting together to start talking about the album, Henley says, I like that. He called it a Mexican reggae song. I like that Mexican reggae thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So they start working on it. And according to Felder, the harmonized guitar parts, all the signature guitar things you think of, even during the verses. By the way, listen to this song on headphones. At one point, I didn't have the energy to do it this time, but I can remember at one point listening to this and actually on a piece of paper, writing down all the different guitars. And I remember counting 12 guitars on this song, right? Oh my God. Uh, Because you think about it, you got the, uh, the, the 12 string figure playing the riff. You got the Telecaster clicky part all on the left side. You've got an acoustic just strumming along. You've got during the verse harmonized guitar parts doing the little, you know, there's so much guitar stuff going on. This is a brilliant song to listen to in headphones. It's super big. I think all the, the other two you mentioned victim and, uh, Life in the fast lane as well. If you if you listen to headphones, I was so I had a down the mix. Oh yeah, on this was just fantastic, it's incredible. And you get right. the, I can't remember if it's Bill Simzik or maybe it was Irving Azoff, however it pronounces his name. Right, the the big guy with the record company. One of them said, "This is perhaps the best guitar duo ever," and I'm like, he may have a point because. These guys are both virtuosos and yet different styles. I could be wrong, but when I hear, I, I think, I think I can absolutely tell, oh, that's Walsh or that's Felder. I could be wrong, but I think I, I have an idea. You probably even more than me. 
Um, I mean, Joe Walsh to me has such a great, unique style. You yeah. Know? His bends. His bends. Of course, and, when you hear slide, it's probably Joe, you know, yep. but they just were a great, a great team. He recorded this Hotel California, the ideas, this, what would become Hotel California. And so Henley, with a little help from Fry, they go and write the lyrics. Uh, they go in to record it. And the first thing they found out is it was in a bad key. Okay. Cause it was written in E minor in E that was way too high. Felder said Henley had to sing it way high. It wouldn't work. So they wound up going to B minor. So that's how many steps that's a long, that's quite a step down from E to B minor. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, they changed the key and they did that. And then another time, I, I think the first thing was they, recorded it and the tempo was wrong is either too slow or too fast. Then it was the key was the wrong key. So it took three different times till they got the music right. And they, and they did the music. Well, it comes time to do the solo. And in Felder's mind, it's going to be he and Joe cutting heads in the studio, right? Like they always would do on stage. They love doing that, right? They would just be out there and they just let it fly, you know? And so they get out and start just, doing their thing and henley goes wait 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 hold hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on that's not how it is on the tape you sent you got to do it like it's on the tape felder's like i recorded that a year and a half ago i don't remember what i did on the tape he says you got to do what's on the tape so he calls his housekeeper you know who's on the other <laughs> side of the country has her rummage through his cassettes and all his tapes and play it over the phone for him and joe and so they basically reconstructed the harmony guitar parts and, and that signature lick, you know, that first lick, you know, that very first lick that comes in, they had to reconstruct all of that for the actual recording. Wow. That's just, that's amazing. And it's, it's magic. I mean, that song is, is magic. It's been, it's been played to death. I think that's why a lot of people hate the Eagles is they feel like, it's been crammed down our throats, but, but it is a magic, it is a magic song for sure. It's awesome. I read that. I can't remember how many takes 50 takes, or sorry, 50 like overdubs and recordings and different times they had to like deal with it. Right. Versus like victim of love was apparently victim just was like a a lot, mostly a live thing. Right. Yeah. So, but you can tell. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I, there's so many, it's such an iconic guitar song and there's, there's not a lot of songs that are so iconic that guitarists can really appreciate that also have become huge sort of uh, songs in the fabric of, of our culture, you know, They're like Freebird, you know, is totally. one. Everyone knows Freebird. Stairway to Heaven, even though it's been overplayed is another yeah. one, even though it's not, but those guitar, they're guitar, awesome guitar yeah. tunes, yeah. but yet, my mom probably, you know, her knows about all of them. Totally. And the thing about the Eagles, with a few exceptions, right? The thing that was very frustrating about the Eagles is, is the level of execution was so high that for a musician trying to learn songs, you just like, no, we're not going to try a new Eagles song, right? Because you got, you got this production that's flawless. You got these vocal performances that are flawless. It's like, no, we're not even going to try and mess with playing. I mean, maybe we could do already gone, you know, but try to do hotel California or so it's like, no way, but it's just 
it's that it's that big. And I think you're right. It's become such a part of the fabric of pop culture or whatever. That I think some people are just sick of it. And I think a, a lot of the reason people are sick of the Eagles is probably Don Hindley, right? <laughs> but anyways, uh, speaking of victim of love, this is an interesting story too. The idea was Felder was going to sing a song. And here's the thing. You're in a band with Fry and Hindley and Meisner. What people don't realize is Felder's a singer. Felder's a good singer. In any other band, he would be considered a good singer, right? But because he's surrounded by Felder and Fry and Meisner, you know, Walsh isn't known to be a great singer, but he's got a very distinct voice. I love his voice. I love his voice too. So Pretty Maids, it wouldn't work with anyone else singing it, right? In the city would not work with anyone else singing it. And he can do a ballad like... Yeah, uh, pretty maids and make it not sappy in a way. No, I, don't, it, I don't know. Exactly, it's great because he brings a he brings a, a, a an earthiness, right? Uh, the fact that he's not a crooner, right? He's got a real earthy kind of voice and delivery. It works well. Felder's a good singer too, not in the league with Henley, but he, or Meisner's a phenomenal singer too, but he's a good singer. And the point was he wanted to sing a song and his song that he was going to sing was victim of love. He, he wrote everything, wrote all the music, I think wrote most of the lyrics, maybe not all the lyrics. And the idea was he was, that was going to be his song. So they laid it down and the tracks was all there. It was ready for the lead vocals. He's out to dinner one night with Irving Azoff. And Irving at the end of dinner mentions, oh, by the way, Don went ahead and put the vocals on that song. And and Felder, he was, he was mad. He was upset. His feelings were hurt. But he said, in hindsight, I mean, he's like, I get it, right? We got Don Henley. Why wouldn't we use Don Henley if we got Don Henley, right? And that was his point. But the original thing was he was supposed to sing it. Right. Sure. Later on in the long run, he does the uh, King of Hollywood song. Uh, you know, if you remember that song on the long run. And again, yeah, Felder's not in the same league with with Don Henley, but he's not a bad singer. And his whole point was, you know, that was it. I, w- I wanted to sing a song. And if you listen to Hotel California, OK, uh, Fry does one song. He does New Kid. Walsh does Pretty Maids. And Meisner does Try to Love Again. So that's three. So- Every other song is Henley. Uh, I mean, we all, there's a lot of egos in music, as we know, with muse- musicians. Right. But it would have been nice if Henley probably said, hey, man, I think this is, this is a better fit for the song if I do it. And here, let's, let's try it out. Right. Right. Versus your, whoever you said at dinner told them, Hey, by yeah, the way, just did it. And, and, and the, the guy in the mountain, you know, exactly. Swaps, checked out your vocals. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's not the only time something like that had happened, I'm sure. you know, and, and Fry and Henley were really, and they'll even tell you in interviews. Yeah. We were the leaders of the band. We, we thought we were the leaders of the band. And that was the thing that, that rubbed Felder the wrong way. And here's the thing felt not Walsh to my understanding, not Walsh, but Felder when he came in was a full partner of the band. So he, he owned just as much of the band as Fry and Henley and Meisner 
and Ledden at the time. So he was brought in as a full member. Then Ledden and Meisner left. Felder still got a share of the band. Now, I don't, I'm not sure if that was the case with Walsh. It definitely wasn't the case with Timothy B. Schmidt when they brought him in for the long run. But no, it wasn't. Yeah. And Felder was actually the, in the organization, was the chief financial officer of the band. And in the 90s, he starts poking around and wanting to say, guys, what's what's the deal here? He's thinking they're all getting an equal cut, only to find out that Henley and Fry have been getting way more money than he and Walsh were. And he and Walsh were friends, but he was a little disappointed in Walsh because Walsh was just, Walsh didn't want to ruin the good thing he had. And maybe that's the approach Felder should have taken. I don't know. But because let's let's face it, they're all making plenty of money. But you didn't write Hotel California. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what he said. Their biggest song, okay, Hotel California. And the show to me is Felder and Walsh. You know, that's who I want to go see. That's the draw to me. And yet, you know, you get this whole this this whole thing, and you've probably heard the <laughs> there's there's the recording of that last show they did in Long Beach where there's audio of Walsh and Felder both just cussing each other out saying, after the show, I'm going to kick your, you know, I'm going to punch you right in the F- Walsh and Felder Walsh. Not, no, I'm sorry. Fry oh, and Felder Fry. Okay. And Felder. Oh yeah. Walsh and Felder got along. Great. Right. Yeah, okay. Everyone gets sure along with Joe Walsh. Come on. If you can't get along with Joe Walsh, that's your problem. Right. <laughs> but in, in all of this going down, you know, Felder, he eventually got fired. They pushed him out, right? They pushed him out. Felder filed a lawsuit, which eventually was settled out of court. And anytime he's asked about it, he's saying, I legally can't talk about the specifics. But I think you could say Felder won because from everything that appears, there's still a lot of bitterness from Fry and Henley there at the end towards Felder after he settled out of court. So I don't know what the settlement was, but Felder seems like he was happy with it and they were mad that he published this book and they sued him. So they delayed him publishing this book, but he finally won that suit and could publish his book. So they were really mad at Felder in the 2000. I don't think the settlement actually even was resolved until like 2006 or something crazy. So this is anytime you got legal entanglements in your favorite band, it's not good. Right. I mean, you know, we got the we got the band, the band, the band. Yes. Yeah. Le- yeah. Levon Helm and <laughs> Robbie and Robbie and the rest of the people. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I before I forget, I wanted to just one of the touching things to me about Hotel California as a kid was watching that live video um, where Felder's got the double uh, necked SG. Yeah. And that whole thing is amazing. And Walsh has the Telecaster, and they're yeah, and they trade, and Walsh is making these hilarious it's, faces. It's the, he's got the bandana, you know. Oh. I just that to me, I mean, it's hard to find actually the original. It, it is now taking it down, and that's and, and another thing. Okay, yeah, he's a blocker. He's a blocker, and here's what pisses me off. Okay? <laughs> we don't want to make this a too much. I know. Advantage. I don't want to beat up Henley, but here's the thing. You watch Rick Beato. You ever watch his? Okay. He's, he's, he's talked about Henley and here's the thing, right? Uh, uh, guitar lesson. Okay. A lot of YouTubers will go out and teach a guitar lesson. Now in my mind, teaching a guitar lesson or using 
a bumper using a bumper music from an artist in my mind that that's promoting the artist i would want that to me if i was an artist i would love people playing 10 second snippets of my music i would love people giving guitar lessons of my music it's all promoting my music but don henley and the eagles are one of the worst as far as uh, you couldn't even get them on. They've only been streaming for the last couple of years. You couldn't even stream Eagles stuff. You can't find YouTube stuff of the Eagles because they block everything. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it goes even farther. Meaning, Rick, go ahead and use our song for educational purposes. Right. We'll just monetize it. So we'll actually make a little money. Rick's okay with that. Right. It's right. they're, they're actually like saying you can't, even if we're going to make money, you can't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That they that go, makes, so, that's why that's his big, his yeah. big rants. Crazy. You know? It's, 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 it's a win-win. If Rick is doing a lesson where he's dissecting an Eagle song. Yeah. He makes a little money, but the band could be making money, but you're right. They won't even let that. I'll give you an example. I have on the YouTube channel, my most popular video is a guitar lesson for Huey Lewis, The Power of Love. Okay, so I sh- do a little lesson. I remember that. That song. It's a great riff. And it's it's a shared, and there was, no, there was no process. It was just, I got this little notice that said, this revenue is being shared with the artist. And I'm like, that's cool. That's the only one they've ever done it on. Every other video where I've done a lesson, probably because my tiny little channel doesn't bring any attention. If I had hundreds of thousands or millions of subscribers like Rick, Rick Beato does, it might be different. But that's the only one on my channel that I have to share revenue with. But you're right. With the Eagles, I mean, they just shut it down. They do not. They don't let anyone use any of their music at all. Sure seems silly. Okay, one more one more fact that I thought was interesting. Joe Walsh was asked to join. Um, we talked about Humble Pie, right? Uh, whatever, two three uh, shows ago, right? <clears throat> but Steve Marriott asked him to to move to England and join his band when Frampton left. I did not know that. That's amazing. That and, you know, he declined and you know came to California. Rest went to California. History. Yeah, where is he from? Is he from the Detroit area too? Where was Joe Walsh? Joe, from? Uh, I believe he, I believe, yeah, he was, he grew up in maybe, or was born in Kansas, but I believe okay. he, he spent his time in Ohio. His, okay. His early awesome. age. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's a great guy. One of the things that, that uh, again, I don't want to just beat up on Henley, but, but one of the things too, that depending on, on, this is not a political show at all. We don't want to talk about politics, but one of the things too was Fry and Henley were both very politically active and Felder and Walsh weren't, you know, they're just like, we're going to play a show, you know, whatever. And that caused some friction too, because they wanted them to be more on board with their, their politics. And then they weren't, that just wasn't what they, they weren't into politicians. You know, Felder's point was if we were going to play a fundraiser, I'd rather do it to help kids or cure cancer than a political, a politician. Right. Which I probably tend to agree with that, but that caused friction too among the band but anyways there's there's a whole litany of things we could talk about in terms of the drama i don't know if we want to go through every single song but i do want to get your high points of this album jeff what do you think what as you listen to it what songs really jump out at you and why of course 
Hotel California because just of the 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 dueling solos, the production, mm-hmm. the just the, the whole thing. I mean, it's it's iconic. We we know, but but life in the fast lane is such a killer riff. Mm-hmm. I have that as my number two. Yeah, Joe Walsh wrote the riff. Again, the the mixing, the panning of those delayed guitars. Mm-hmm. It's just a great great tune. There's a lot of layering going on. Victim of love. I love it. I love, I mean, I'm a, I'm a classic rock guy, right? So the other songs are bad. They're just different. They're different. They're slower. They're sappier to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they actually fit with the rest of the album or and, vice versa. It depends on yeah, what or the of, other that, they we're going, right? Yeah. And I know I, I, one thing that I, that I always thought was kind of cool. And I had this, I had this, my brother bought this album it came out in like December of 76. My brother must have bought it in the spring of 77 because it was pretty. I remember when he bought it, we were hearing New Kid in Town on the radio, right? So it was while it was still a current. One of the things I always thought was kind of cool is you'd listen to Wasted Time at the end of side one, which is a very, you know, lyrically and and to the quote you know the quote we read earlier about it being a a concept album it really kind of is you know you got wasted time which is a very kind of melancholy song you know they do the song the side ends and then at the beginning of side two you got this reprise of the orchestrated i just always kind of thought that was interesting just because it was like a very orchestral approach my number four actually because i love joe mm-hmm. was pretty maids all in a row i love that song um but the chords are great mm-hmm. uh i think his voice and delivery is is awesome bob dylan basically said it could be one of the best songs ever which i thought was kind really? of like, yeah I, I read that quote yeah and it's really poignant you know if you, if you read the lyrics it's a very it's a beautiful song yeah. And again, kind of, and that's the thing about this album is it's not a hap, it's not a happy album. It's not a happy album. You know, the whole themes, this whole California is a metaphor of, and, and, and here's one of the things that, that makes me rashy when I think about it is, you know, Henley's very preachy and yet he's the epitome of someone living the California lifestyle, right? He's a multimillionaire living in mansions and 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 he and he makes this album decrying, you know, how bad all of this is. And so, well, it's, it hasn't hurt you any, has it? Right? Which is kind of funny. But the whole theme of the album is, it's not a happy album, yeah. right? And between, you know, you got wasted time. You've got last resort, which on the one hand, it's a beautiful song. I love the song. A lot of meaning to it. A lot of things to think about in that song. But yeah, very, very mellow. I mean, the, the, the most of the album is really mellow, right? Um, Could have been great to have all the rockers on one side. Yeah. All the other songs <laughs> on the other songs. side. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I would never have flipped over the record. I would have just left it on exactly, side A. Exactly. You never play both sides. Uh, one thing I, I meant to say this at the beginning is right after this album. So I think it was in 77. Uh, they released Greatest Hits Volume 1, you know, 71 to 75, the Greatest Hits Volume 1. And, and the band was against it. They thought, oh, there's nothing but a big old money grab. Why are you guys doing this? Well, 
then that band, that album went on to become the second highest selling album of all time. Second only to Michael Jackson's Thriller. Best selling, greatest hits album ever. The first album to ever become platinum was Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 1. And I've heard, I didn't know if you knew this. Uh, there's there's research that back, backs this up, Jeff. If you leave a cassette in your in your car for more than five years, it will actually turn into Eagles Greatest Hits Volume. <laughs> I I think I'm correct in saying Hotel California in the U.S. sold more than Thriller. It, that could very well be, but not but not worldwide. Exactly. Yeah, and those, so these are worldwide numbers I'm talking about. But both yeah. Greatest Hits Volume One and Hotel California are in the top ten of all time. Definitely uh, sales, but. We talk about last resort. What about try to love again? Randy Meisner. I love that song too. I yeah, think- it's a good one. I like it. I think it's great that Henley and uh, Fry let someone else sing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of the big one of the the big bones of contention for for Meisner leaving was up until this album, their biggest hit was "Take It to the Limit," sung by Meisner. I think I'm correct on that. If you know I'm wrong, let me know. But I think I'm correct on that. Up until you said you said before, uh, up, up until this album. Yes, up until Hotel California. I think that had been their biggest, their biggest song. Definitely a huge, I mean, a huge hit. A song you have to play live, right? It's one of your biggest hits. You have to play. Well, Meisner had just unbelievable stage fright which seems amazing, but the guy suffered from just crazy stage fright. And there were some nights that he just did not want to sing that song. And of course that was often their last song. That was their killer song. We're going to finish with take it to the limit, baby. And there were some nights where he just couldn't do it. And one night in particular, he just said, I can't do this. And, and it was like, they were going to beat him up if he didn't sing. It says, you're going to sing this song. That's our number one song. So Fry and Henley are like, and he finally just, he couldn't do it anymore. And he left. Wow. So, Try to love again. Great song. Pretty maids, a great song. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Hotel California. My three songs are the rockers hotel, California life in the fast lane is number two. And Victim of Love is number three. That's my top three. One interesting thing on Wasted Time, we always it always comes back to this with me. It's stereo separation, right? If you listen to Wasted Time, there's some kind of cool little guitar noodling that's all on the right side. And then most of your strings and orchestra stuff is on the left side. And it's just kind of interesting to hear that in the headphones. Hmm. There's this whole album is full of subtle little things that you might not notice if you're just blasting it through your stereo. So it's, it's cool to listen. Did you, did you see the things about the problems they had with black Sabbath during? The yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was during uh, uh, what song? The last, last resort, last resort. Yeah. I, love that. I think that's just so tell us perfect. what happened there. I mean, I, I, Sabbath was recording. This, is, this was in um, Technical in Ecstasy, was Miami, I think. Yeah, right? Miami. Yeah, because they recorded the album in Miami and LA, and in Miami <clears throat> because uh, the producer, what was his name? Bill Simzik. Simzik. Oh yeah, this is interesting. Was yeah. afraid he, of the being on the fault line. Yeah, he didn't want to be falling into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Miami, and Sabbath is recording. Uh, you know. 
their album next next door and were so loud i just they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't get the tracks they couldn't yeah. record <laughs> they said they had to redo last resort like three times i love it too much sound bleeding in from black sabbath now, that you, could have been an snl skit right totally yeah, henley and like oh henley's probably got veins coming out of his neck you know and he's he's wanting to fight someone was that Ozzy? Was he? It would have been Ozzy. Oh, yeah, that would have right? been Ozzy. Of course, they all would have just been completely out of it on Coke. But Come on, Don. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's rock and roll. It's, it's rock and roll, Don. Uh, but I, I just imagine, did they talk to each other? Did the bands come out and say, dude, we're trying to record. Turn down, you know, and it was, uh, that just seems so funny to me. But that was did, funny. Did so you read the quote by Fry on that song? No, let me the hear Last it. Resort. He said it was the first time that Don took it upon himself to write an epic story. Mm. And we were already starting to worry about the environment. Mm. I don't know what that mm. we're constantly screwing up paradise. And that was the point of the song. And, and that at some point there's going to be no more new frontiers. Right. I mean, we're putting junk uh, garbage into space now. Yeah. And, and, and this kind of goes to that whole preachy thing, right? Is here's a song lamenting, basically the settlement of the frontier the 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 westward expansion you know from providence you know it's whole talking about the whole westward expansion let's move into colorado let's move into let's move into california and build these beautiful places and so he's lamenting all that as he's sitting in his mansion in la you know that's the whole thing that smacks of that's what irritates me about Henley. You, the, the song itself is a very deep song. There's a lot there that, that I think is a good thing for us to think about. But at the same time, here's a guy that's kind of the epitome of the L.A. lifestyle. You know, don't bite the ham that feeds you, buddy. I mean, that's kind of the way I see it, you know. Mm. And yeah, because that song talks about uh, rich men came and raped the land, building, putting up ugly boxes, you know, the houses for people to buy and all of that. And that's the whole point of this anti-development thing, which I get, right? There's some, there's some valid concerns there, but at the same time, you know, that doesn't keep them from having their Hollywood mansions and, and, uh, and all it's, of that. I mean, just to play devil's advocate, it's a hard I guess the point is, was he sincere, right? Right. And if you're sincere and you make money, can you live in a mansion? Even if it goes right. against what you just wrote about, even if you truly believe what you just wrote about. Right. I don't or know. do you live like a, you know, true artist? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, right? You remember the uh, Phil Collins back in the late eighties wrote that song, another perfect day in paradise or another day in paradise. And it's a song about the homeless. Right. And I remember there, he got some bad press because, you know, he had just made this song about the homeless pointing to the plight of the homeless. And then there's a story in the news about how he had called the cops on some homeless people that had come to his house. Right. So it's that whole do as I say, not as I do, you know, and that's a common thing. I mean, we see it with politicians. We see it with, celebrities so that will always be the case and i think that's some of the i don't know some of the distaste people have not just for for henley uh but but for sometimes just celebrities 
in general. One interesting thing is, do you remember this? This they won. I think they won for song of the year uh, for the Grammys. Uh, you know, at the end of seventy or in seventy six or seventy seven, whenever the Grammys were held. But they didn't win album of the year. Do you remember who won album of the year that year? Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think about yeah. think about that year. Think about how good music was that year. Unbelievable. That, that Hotel California didn't win. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty good. So a lot in this album. Brilliant moments. I mean, overall, production wise, from a production standpoint, it's a beautiful album. I mean, all the way through, it's a beautiful album. There's some, it has its moments, some rocking moments. We both talked, I think we both like it for the same reason. It's, it's Felder and Walsh. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the stuff we like. I mean, specific to what we talk about and in, in, in this podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course. For sure. Um, have you listened to uh, the, the, the 40th anniversary version of this album? No, no. What have they done on that? There's just a bunch of live tracks interesting um not all the live tracks are actually from the album mm-hmm. but the uh the live tracks are from 76 and 77 76 mostly there's a 2000 and so these are different than from the eagles live album that came out around 80 right 79 80 must be different versions or they probably yeah the live tracks are from 76 oh okay cool awesome. and it's really cool um we talked about all the edits and people have complained or at least had comments about the production and the overdubbing and Mm. all that. But yet when you listen to some of these live tracks, it's, it's pretty, they're, they're good players. They bring it it, totally. And that's the thing. Singers. I don't know if you've seen the uh, footage of the thing at the forum from here a year or two ago with, with uh, Vince Gill and Deacon Fry. Have you seen any of that footage? I think I have. It's it sounds really good. I mean, it really does. I mean, whether you love the Eagles or not, even the Hell Freeze is over from back in '94. Uh, I watched that on PBS when it was when it was new. The guys are consummate. They're pros. I mean, they just really are. They bring it. And Vince Gill, I'm a huge Vince Gill fan. I mean, he's he's one of the best guitar players, regardless of genre. The guy's sure. an animal. Great singer super talented guy and just seems like a good down-to-earth guy so i mean i couldn't think of a a better person for them to bring in to help uh with that uh so it's 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 great and i'm like you it's um what's the word you keep using bipolar that's exactly my feelings about the eagles so much i love about them so much that just frustrates the crap out of me (laughs) But this is a this is a good album. I even went back, Jeff, over the last couple of days, and I've listened to the long run. Mm-hmm. I've gone back and listened to the whole first album. You know, they they have a huge footprint. And I kind of made this point at the beginning, and I don't think I ever finished it. The fact that it's four, five, depending on who all's in, you know, you you got five huge talents, five huge egos. The fact that over the course of their years they only had six or seven studio albums is really a shame because mm-hmm. i'm sure we could have got a lot of great stuff from these guys so that's kind of a shame all right well any other thoughts on hotel california it reminds me jeff we should do a joe walsh album 
So yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you decide which one we want to do. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening. We appreciate it. We have, we've are doing well, surprisingly. So we're, we're getting a lot of listens. So we appreciate that. Please uh, subscribe, follow, Uh, If you could go out and give us a rating, hopefully a positive rating, (laughs) give us a rating, leave a review, email us, classicguitarrocketmail.com, and uh, we will see you on our our next episode. Jeff, take care, and we will see you next time. Keep rocking. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock.com at mail.com we'll see you for the next episode of the classic guitar rock podcast